Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. 
Pilot's Wars brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, you shall. We ask, we implore, please and thank you, thank you, and please, everybody right now, under the sound of my voice, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and pick up an official Chair Shot t-shirt. If you want to support the campaign, Plat Blast 2020, you can do that. We've got hashtag journalism, say tag team wrestling, Jesus did the job, and many, many other cool designs. I say it week in and week out, and I'm going to continue to say it. If you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out at The Chair Shot, the best way to support that content is by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you. Thank you. And please, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Andrew Blass. We're kind of like beard brothers because we both got the, the, the chin hairs flowing tremendously. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's all looking good. It's nice and trimmed. It's coming down to a point. I like it. It's not, they're not COVID beers. So nobody looks homeless or like, you know, we're having issues right now. But as as we know to any or I should say, as anybody who listens weekly would know, we have a new moderator. And I I happen to really like like the song that was picked. And this is a guess because I'm more fluent in Megadeth and Metallica, so my slayer's a little rusty. But would that give us the pod is war ensemble? That is exactly Are you gonna are you gonna intru- are you gonna introduce him, sir? Hey, I'll get to that point too, but I wanted to actually right, know if I right, got the right, right, right song right. first. Come on. You <laughs> most definitely got the right song. The pod is war ensemble here. You know, that's that should be like the new theme song. The new mantra of pod is war is the ensemble. There we go. I kind of like it. Tell, that's Big Dave, the motherfucking goddamn god from Attitude of Aggression. Or, you know, as I used to like to mm. keep it in my head since I'm the Megadeth big fan that I am architecture of aggression and i'm not sure if that's where you went and i know you know you're not the architect but i like the aggression and then we've got slayer right now oh it's it's nice to have some metal and not like jethro tall or like simon and garfunkel or whatever the fuck Tony wants to like, <laughs> yeah like i like this i, I like see. to have a little bit of teeth to start off a damn show called pot is war let's see this is nice bridge over troubled water war ensemble you guys do the math at home and we'll just leave it at that <laughs> Well, I, I resent that remark, remark rather, because when I pick the songs, I try to have a nice array of a little bit of everything. I throw some hip hop out there, some some pop, some heavy metal, some rock and roll. Like I, I try to mix it up in variety. Wow! I buried Tony and talking about Jethro Tull and Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> so there's no reason well, to next, catch feelings, but well, I can I can throw some um, like I'll throw some air supply on if you guys need some of that. You know. <laughs> Great, because now next week, because when he hears you burying him, next week's going to be like Carol King or uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel or some sh- or Hall and Oates or some shit like that. Although Hall and Oates had some had some jams though. Yeah, I would be one hell of a like foreshadowing, just like pun mastery because of how much chris loves to bury everybody we we might need some air so air supply might not be a bad call right there <laughs> <laughs> am i burying or am i showing love in a twisted sick manner i mean you call it love everybody else interprets it their own way <laughs> yeah if you guys only met my family anyway <laughs> it's, uh, it's chris platt's love removal machine that's that's what it's all about Oh, nice. Nice. 
I'm just saying, man, when I bury you, man, I'm doing it out of love. I don't make fun of people I don't like, you know? So that that is my form of affection. It, you know, it sometimes it goes over well. Sometimes people get in their feelings. It has happened before. So that's kind of like when we were in grade school and you would make fun of the girl that you really like to throw her off the fucking scent. Is that is that what you're saying? Exactly. If I like the girl, you run up, you punch her in the stomach and run. Perfect. <laughs> Exactly. Not nowadays in 2020. That is not acceptable behavior. I just had to throw that out there. As a, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad you decided to, uh, you know, clarify your campaign stance because you know we do have a political season, and you know you didn't want to get canceled. What ten minutes into the show? So that's good. Proud Pl- of you. Platt Balaz 2020. Punching women is bad. Remember that, kids. There you go. Yeah. Look, now we got a platform again. <laughs> can't do any worse punching women is bad <laughs> these are great i love these i'm gonna put these on a sign and stick in my front yard it's gonna be great <laughs> we're off to a good start so anywho before we get ourselves canceled man you guys want to get to topic one let's do it man So topic one, fellas, uh, looks like the wrestling world, we know it's been affected by COVID-19 like everything else in the damn world has been, but it actually took somebody from us this week. It seems like, uh, I, I don't know, maybe there were other COVID casualties, but this is the first one I can really remember. James Harris, also known as Kamala, apparently dying of a uh, coronavirus or COVID complications. That seems to be the rumor. Um, 70 years old, uh, James had been battling a lot of health issues for the past several years, double leg amputee due to diabetes, but it's not that that takes him out. It's the dreaded COVID. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Kamala and his contribution to wrestling and uh, any thoughts on uh, on James passing away? Wow, I didn't realize he was 70. That's like 125 in wrestler years. <laughs> exactly. I- Yeah, he actually had a pretty good run. I mean, it didn't end that well. Dave, as you alluded to, he did have several health complications for for several years. But, yeah, I didn't realize he had made 70. That's an accomplishment. And he's a black man, too. He's a black man and a wrestler, and he made 70? Yeah, I salute you, sir, because, you know, I'm... I'm like middle aged in black years right about now. <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm like retirement age in black years right now. <laughs> black men years because the women live longer. But um, so first and foremost, I got to get the elephant out the room right quick. We all know the gimmick was racist AF. I had to get that out. But um, I don't know if you guys had listened to any of his shoot interviews over the years, and I hate to, I hate to besmirch the brother, especially because he's no longer with us, but. He really came across as like he was kind of slow. And I think that a lot of promoters took advantage of that and took advantage of him, which probably led to a lot of the health complications that he had because his, his money wasn't right. But as far as the character, you know, all bullshit aside, that Kamala character, that's probably, you know, whether good or bad, right or wrong, that's one of the most iconic characters in wrestling in the modern era. And everywhere this guy went, he worked with top guys 
and, and obviously he moved around a lot because it's the type of character you kind of got to keep it moving because it'll get stale. But I mean, he's going to be sorely missed, man. And it just sucks that he didn't get his roses until he was no longer here to smell them. Yeah, I, I can't add a whole hell of a lot to that, mainly because I was a big WCW kid. And due to that fact, I don't really delve much into the network or go back in the WWF history because it doesn't it doesn't hit me with that nostalgia and that whole golly gee, let me go watch that or, you know, Hillbilly Jim or anything like that doesn't really hit me in the feelings anywhere. So I remember Kamala mostly as the big goofy guy who would just slap his belly. And yes, it was racist as fuck. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just I don't remember him quite the same way that I've seen people come up that, you know, he was actually kind of kind of a beater, kind of a badass in some of his older, older matches before they kind of turned him into a caricature of what he was or what he became, however you want to word that. So, it sucks, but it's it, it's not a bad run for w, for not WWE, but just wrestlers in general getting to 70. And it sucks that it, he went out with so many other issues. And it's also, I guess this kind of raises a weird conversation topic that we can deviate away from here, but when you've got all these other health complications and then COVID just happens to creep in, can you even really blame it on COVID when you, you've got like diabetes, heart problems and all this other stuff. And then this is just something else. I mean, he could have gotten taken out by pneumonia or the flu, or maybe a bad case of the clap could have taken him out depending on where it goes. But you, you know, like, can, can we really check this right? up to like, can we really check this off to like a COVID thing? Well, maybe COVID, how can I put this? Maybe that was the push or the straw. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of like when you, you you have AIDS, nobody actually dies of AIDS. They die from, like you, you, you alluded to earlier, like pneumonia or something like that because their immune system is mm-hmm. so weakened. And that was kind of the straw. So maybe this was just the straw. I mean, obviously, they're going to chalk it up to COVID because that's what's hot in the news right now. But I, I don't really have an answer for what you're saying, man. I'm just rambling, just basically just rambling on the mic. Well, isn't that what COVID does, though? I mean, it it targets high-risk categories or people with pre-existing injuries or illness that already weaken the immune system. Diabetes is going to be one of those high-risk categories. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure COVID contributed to his demise. There's, a, there's no question about that. Are there other contributing factors? Certainly. Absolutely, there are. But, uh, but I, I mean, before I get into talking about Kamala as a character, I, I wanted to throw this out to you guys. Ponder this for a moment. The same week that James Harris, also known as Kamala, passes away, <laughs> Joe Biden nominated tags as his vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris. A- a- any sort of uh, connection there, you guys think? Or just a complete dink? Hey, man, if she come out with face paint rubbing her belly, I might have to vote, man. I'm apolitical, <laughs> but I might have to vote. <laughs> Abandon your own platform. I got to vote Biden and Harris. <laughs> Biden and Kamala. Because <laughs> I... that was funny because that was a bit of an uproar on Twitter because they saw Kamala died. And, you know, a lot of people assumed that they were talking about her, which I thought was hilarious in itself. Did you guys see any of that? Oh, I did, and people yeah. got mad that people thought they were making it political or whatever, yeah. Wrestling fans. Twitter wrestling fans. IWC, just, you know, get over yourself. But Kamala, from, like, what I remember is um, he was, like, I mean, like you were saying, Andrew, Beater, just a badass. Like, uh, you know, he actually got some shots against Hogan, I think, when Hogan was a champion. 
it, it kind of changed his feud with the undertaker kind of changed how he was viewed because he actually showed fear. And I thought he sold the fear of the undertaker and put the undertaker undertaker undertaker, maybe undertaker too, undertaker over <laughs> in, a, in a big way. Uh, he's the overtoker <laughs> overtoker. <laughs> yeah, so he's yeah. got those bags and shit under his eyes. But, um, but I remember that feud in the, in the casket match and Kamala just being terrified of the undertaker, terrified of the casket, uh, selling that, you know, doing the splash undertaker sits up out of the coffin and Kamala just, I, I mean, he sold the shit out of that, you know, adding kimchi and all that stuff to the mix was unnecessary, but you know, he was, he was what you would probably call a perfect mid Carter back in those days. I mean, just middle of the card, somebody that the faces could use to get over somebody like a, a legitimate contender for a guy like Hogan who needed to work with a bigger guy who had no chance of beating him. A la, you know, King Kong Bundy or uh, Big John Stud or stuff like that that Hogan had to deal with. Kamala was in that sort of, you know, that that sort of characterization. Certainly not like Andre's level or anything like that, but a serviceable mid Carter that made Hogan look stronger and kept Hogan's reign going and then put Undertaker over. So, yeah, I think he was he's an effective. Uh, is he in the hall? He's not in the Hall of Fame. Probably will be now. Yeah. And I'm I'm racking my brain here because I'm trying to think. Andrew, did did he have a a NWA or WCW run? I'm I'm trying to, off the top of my head, I don't remember it. But yeah, I don't I don't know. Because off the top of my head, I remember him in TNA for like a brief stint for like one of those legends kind of pop ins. But I don't really remember too much of a run elsewhere aside from WWF. Well, he was uh, he was on top in uh, Memphis with Jerry Lawler. It, it, Jerry Lawler actually came up with the uh, with the concept with the character. So I know he had some some shots with him. He was in Mid South back in the day. This is probably a little bit before your time, Andrew. I'm like, yeah, you don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. But uh, I know he was in Mid South for a little bit. I think he had a few shots in Japan as well. Like I, you know, Dave, I love you, man, but I I think I. I don't I don't know if I want to necessarily limit him at just as just a mid carter because as I said earlier, he everywhere he went, he worked with the top guy. Like you knew he wasn't gonna beat him, but he was a credible a foe for him. So maybe, maybe that's, that's where fine. you're coming from. Sorry, you said he was you said he was a jobber to the stars. Is that what you're saying, Platt? He he's a little bit better than that, man. That's a Dolph Ziggler's <laughs> position. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, and he's you, a little you bit know what? Just, just, just for the retcon on the accuracy with uh history. Apparently, what Dave was saying was so accurate that Hogan must have loved how he worked with him because he did bring him into WCW in 95, apparently, as part of the Dungeon and Doom, Dungeon you know, Kevin Sullivan's shit. Oh, God, and, no. And that, uh, he, he beat that, Jim Duggan at, what, Bash at the Beach? Was that when they had, it was Macho Man and it was Hogan and they were facing like 511 Hills in the cage? Was he was he part of that? Do y'all, does, do y'all remember what I'm talking about? I vaguely remember what you're talking about, Dude, but I don't. I have tried to block out of my mind anything relating to the Dungeon <laughs> of Doom. Fucking John Tenta is what? Sharkers? That shit like that? It's just, yeah. uh, it's a bad, bad memory, Cause, man. Because it does say he was part of the Fall Brawl team versus team thing, so that might be what you Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It was Hogan and Savage versus 511 Hills, yeah. Was that they, the they one pulled where, everybody out their ass. Was that the one where Big Show got thrown off the roof? Not like Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio, <laughs> but like really thrown off the roof. I don't that's think quite, that, was right at the, that was the infancy of Nitro and stuff like that in 95, so I don't quite think that was thrown off the roof or sumo truck wrestling or anything like that. 
Yeah, because they were um, not drag racing. What's the monster car? They were like monster, monster trucks. Monster racing. trucks on the roof. It, yeah. it, it was sumo monster trucks. It was the best thing in the world. Come on. Yeah. And then Hogan threw him off the roof and killed him. And then he got resurrected and he won the title later on that evening. Hey, didn't Baron Corbin kill Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio? That's right. During a, you know Dash for Cash, and they were fine. Dash for Cash. Had really shitty years. Think about he's that. Really he's here. lost no his eyes. eyes. Well, at least because he lost his eyes, he couldn't watch his son get his ass kicked. So that's good because he's got no eyes to see, we're gonna, and he should be dead. And we'll be so, ta- we'll be talking about that, Andrew. You're, you're jumping the shark, buddy. You are jumping the fucking shark, it's man. Foreshadowing. <laughs> It's foreshadowing on a, how can Rey Mysterio respond to these things? He's supposed to be dead and blind. It's more like foreplay. But anyway, you know, you, you guys want to just uh, move on to our second topic of conversation here? Yeah, before we just to put a ball on the Kamala thing, man, R.I.P. to Kamala. I pray that his family and loved ones will find some sort of solace in the fact that he had been suffering for several years and now he's at peace. So I hope they can find some peace with that iconic wrestling character i mean you know dave you're old enough to remember the the wrestling magazines man and mm-hmm. on, on all the magazines it was either abdullah the butcher with a bloody forehead and a fork sticking out his mouth or <laughs> it was kamala yeah. like they they would they were always on all of the magazines so he does have a special place in my heart and that character does so yeah r.i.p to to the man and and the monster i guess the wrestler and pro wrestling illustrated man Mm-hmm. I remember those and their stupid rating. Most popular, most hated. Who yeah. You couldn't get away with and that then, shit now. It'd be all reversed. And then every promotion had their own top ten list of contenders and stuff like that. Yeah. I used to sneak off. I used to take them. Sometimes I would buy them, or, and sometimes I would make my mom buy them because you know how kids are. If you're in the store, best way to get them to shut up is to buy them some candy or a toy or whatever. And then sometimes I would sneak off while she was shopping and, and take one of the magazines and take it into the bathroom. So I'd be in there taking the shit and just reading the magazine until they got hip to that. And they said, that's nasty, me taking the shit and putting the magazines back. And frankly, I said, yeah, you got a point. I, I see where you're coming from. All right. I got to ask, Andrew, <laughs> what the hell are you drinking? You just took a shot out of a bottle. It, it was like fucking Gene Wilder and Blazing Saddles just taking a big old <laughs> shot of shit. What is this stuff you're drinking? Hey, it, it, it's my favorite thing, the Jack Daniels Tennessee honey. That, that it's easy it's good and you know yeah, yeah I, I i'm like a monster i'm like a beast i just do it straight from the bottle fuck, fuck shot glasses you're the man i'm drinking wild turkey tonight we're foreshadowing our this is my shooting hand we are foreshadowing our cameron grind celebration in a little while you know fucking redneck shit that Look we're at doing you here tonight. with the foreshadowing foreplay <laughs> and you bitched at me for it like 20 seconds ago what the fuck <laughs> I know it's all good right now, Dave. But wait till we get to the end of the show, and Andrew is uh, I'm, I'm I'm drunk as before. <laughs> no, no, that that's Tunny after two margaritas, or I should say, two pictures of margaritas. He's gonna... like possibly at mine's PC. I like soda. We should yeah. warn people that Tunny <laughs> might make a cameo at the end of this thing, and he'll probably be fucking hammered by the time he comes on. So it'll be good. Well, it's wrestling though, Dave. We got to call it a run it. It's a run-in. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not like Good a Titus, God. like yes, a like a Titus O'Neil run-in or something like. No. Hopefully, it's not that bad. You know, <laughs> trip and fall into the. My God, that's PC Tunney's music. Yeah, at least if it's Titus O'Neil, at least that's funny and you can just joke about it. But if it's like the Yoshihashi run-in, oh, where Jesus. he just face plants into the ring and just cuts himself wide open, that's a whole different thing. For God's sake, stay away from the dipping dots. Let's move on to the next topic, guys. <laughs> 
BC! 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 <laughs> All right, fellas, we uh, kind of foreshadowed it. Let's talk the Wednesday Night War. Andrew, of course, as usual, watched everything in excruciating detail before the Tennessee honey started taking his uh, its toll on his mind. Uh, what did you see tonight? I mean, I caught the end of NXT in the main event, which is the Cameron Grimes foreshadowing, which makes me want to puke. But anyway, we will get to that in a moment. What did you see tonight that you were excited about? I know, uh, what did you see on AEW? Anything good going on in AEW? Other than the new well, TNT title, which does look good. I mean, it looks better, but good is not the word I would use. But that's not the point. Um, well, full, full, full transparency, um, I had a wonderful buffalo chicken cheesesteak for dinner. The problem is, is it kind of caught up to me around the time when AEW and NXT turn on? So I missed about the first 45 minutes of the show because... Why, why are yeah. you eating bodega food, sir? Why are you doing that to yourself? You don't know how long delicious. that beef's been there? You know how it's long delicious. It's delicious. Wait, wait, Chris. Meat- the bigger question is, you took a 45-minute shit? Is that what you're saying, Andrew? You took a 45-minute <laughs> shit? Yes, it was. It, it wasn't pretty. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it w- it was definitely one of those stop and starts where you're like, all right, I think I'm good. Nope, not good. Not good. Sitting back down. No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, yep, yeah. That's why so, you you don't eat bodega food, sir. That shit's been that meat's been there since the Bush administration. It was good senior, senior, senior. Not uh, there's GW. no broccoli in it. If it's from senior, that's good. Really. Ah, reference. Anyway, so from what I saw, yes, at least finally, fucking finally, the TNT match was actually kind of fun because they had somebody that actually knew how to work and looked credible, and it was Cody versus Scorp, and Scorpio Sky looked awesome. It was nice. It was a good match, and even the twist with Brody Lee at the end was all right. I, I didn't hate it. Um, other things I liked from AEW. I did not like how the first, say, 70% of FTR, Brain Busters, Rock and Roll Express, and Young Bucks was basically just like a circle jerk of, you're the best, no, you're the best, no, you're the best. And then Tully just, he, he, was, he was me, he was my voice of reason, and he's just like, the fuck, shut up, this is stupid, you know, you're not the best unless you got the belts, all of y'all shut the fuck up. And then we kind of saw... What I'm assuming is kind of the FTR heel turn, or if not a heel turn, showing their true colors, that they're not white meat baby faces, and maybe playing more tweener. I'm not totally sure where they're going to lie, because Arn bailed kind of quick when Sean Spears walked out. Then they seem to kind of, Tully seemed to kind of be with what they were trying to set up, because they sold the knee, and then they jumped 
Rock and Roll Express afterwards and hit the Brain Buster Spike Pile Driver. So that was cool. There's a lot to play with, and I like the fact that Hangman's drunk ass like walked up there with a shot glass and just kind of kind of looked at him like, "Dudes, what?" And then you even kind of just saw them both put their hands up like, "We don't have anything against you. Like you're cool." It was just like that, you know. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. You're but cool. You. <laughs> <laughs> nice half half baked reference for you kids at home. <laughs> yes. So AEW was tolerable. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. like the the Chioda Jericho shit because that was a little too heavy handed. That Chioda wasn't going to play ball and be like the, the crooked ref, but it, it. I think my problem is Jericho is just too hammy, and it happens with all of the AEW heels that at some point they all just look dumb. Like you have them look dominating and cool for like a week or two, and then when it comes to a pivotal point, they just look stupid. And inept. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. All of the your heels are morons. That's fantastic. And we're supposed to take them seriously. Why? As for NXT, it was it was run of the mill, but I did enjoy it. And I love the fact the Velveteen Dream kind of showed back up on TV as the the mystery third person for the triple threat. So that's nice. So let me let me backtrack a little bit. First to AEW. What do you guys think of Orange Cassidy? Is he a star in the making? Is he overrated? Is he underrated? Is he right where he should be? He got the win over Jericho tonight. Uh, What do you guys think of him? A lot of people are high on this guy. He's moved away a little bit from just, you know, putting his hands in his pockets and tapping people on their legs. And now you're starting to see his his talent, if you want to call it that, starting to shine through. What are your guys' thoughts on Orange Cassidy? So I I get what they're going for. I understand why they're pushing this guy. I, I really do, because he's different. And, you know, he's different from anything else that you see in the professional le- wrestling landscape right now. So I understand the I understand the, the 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 thought process behind pushing him to the moon. But I just don't get it. And I don't think he's the guy that's going to take you to the promised land. And seeing him up against Chris Jericho, which Chris Jericho's not a big dude. I mean, you know, he's he's put on a couple of pounds. He. I don't even know if that's dad bod now. I think he's graduated to granddad bod at this point in time. <laughs> but he, it, but I mean, we've all put on some poundage, you know what I mean? But he's he's not a big guy, and I've you know I've met him in person. He's just not a big guy, and he towers over Orange Cassidy. That's not a good sign. I don't think this is the guy that's going to take you to the promised land. At at best, he's a mid card comedy actor or something like a, a special attraction or something like that but i yeah I, I just don't get it i understand why because it's different but yeah this ain't the guy this ain't the one you, you trying to go up against uh the evil empire the e that ain't the guy that's gonna do it for you and i don't know if that guy even exists on that roster right now or even in professional wrestling but that's um yeah, that's neither here nor there i'm going way too far i don't want to kind of skirt off the path because dave you clearly got to you're clearly leading us with some breadcrumbs, so you got somewhere that you're going with all of this. So no, not not exactly. I mean, you know, as far as guys at AEW has that can go and challenge the E, there's really only, well, maybe Moxley and Cody. Those are the only ones I can think of who you can sit there and say, but that's only because they've got a WWE pedigree, really. <laughs> you know, yeah. if we're going to be honest about it, it's like, well, Moxley was Dean Ambrose. We know he's been WWE World Champion, Intercontinental Champion, all this stuff. He's being portrayed as a as a dom- is he believable as his dominant AEW world champion like he's been because you know I I don't know I mean he's nope okay go ahead Chris no not at all 
You know what I mean? And, you know, we've all heard the um, the Stone Cold Steve cosplay jokes and stuff like that on Twitter and some of the podcasts. He's just not it. I feel like his ceiling is when he wins the title. Just like in WWE, when he first won the title, it was a huge prop and everybody was excited. But then the title reign was underwhelming, to say the least. I, I think that's where he's at. He's upper mid-card at best. And frankly, I would have put the title on Brian Cage because he's the best looking guy you got on there. He's got Taz out there doing the best Paul Heyman impersonation. You know what I mean? He's, but he's basically Paul Heyman right now since Paul Heyman and Brock aren't there right now. And he looks the part. He looks credible. He's big, beefy, and he looks like if this thing was real, he'd be the guy out there whooping everybody's ass. I would have done that. But they've done that to all their big guys. They build them up just so their home – I don't want to say they don't have any homegrown talent, but just so their guys that are already there can beat them, and then they don't do shit with them after that. So I would have went there. Yeah, I don't think Moxley is the guy to kind of take the company to the next level. Hell, I would have never took the title off of Jericho. I thought it was way too soon. He's the he's the top star in the in the in the industry right now. Yeah, who's the biggest star than Jericho? Yeah, I agree with you about Cage. Looks like the guy who could uh, sit there and go, you know, toe to toe with anybody in WWE. And Moxley seems to do better as the hunter rather than the hunted. You know, like mm-hmm. same thing in WWE when he won that one Money in the Bank match against Seth Rollins and got that huge pop. I know I was there. You know that sort of thing. That, uh, but he's. Yeah, it, he's difficult. I mean, this thing with MJF, I mean, is anybody really excited about that title match? I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really. He, Go ahead, Chris. Have you? I, I apologize, Dave, but have you, have you guys ever seen that show on USA called Burn Notice? Are you guys familiar with that yes. show? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's got all the elements. It looks cool. Everybody on there is a decent actor. Shout out to Bruce Campbell. Thank My you. cousin was actually on that show the past few years, too. Um, Cody Bell. Kobe Bell. Okay. Yeah, that's my cousin. Yeah, by marriage. But yeah, it looks cool. It's got all the bang, bang explosions. It's got good characters. It's got Bruce Campbell. It's kind of hard for Bruce Campbell to do anything that's not awesome. You know, had the, the nice looking chick. But for some reason, it was missing something. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was that that show was missing that was take that would have took it to the next level and took it into the pantheon of shows. And I feel like Moxley is the same thing. He's the burn notice of of wrestling. He checks all the boxes. He should be a bigger star and a bigger deal than he is, but he just seems to be missing something. Yeah, I mean, it's like when they turn him babyface. You know, he started off as a heel, kind of, or a tweener at least. And now he's just over the top face, and it, it, it doesn't work so well for him. It seems that way. Switching over to NXT, though, we we got confirmation. We got Keith Lee versus uh, Karrion Cross. Uh, they resurrected the fireball from 1993 when Hogan got hit in the face with a fireball. This time it's hidden in a contract. Keith Lee gets his retina burnt out or whatever the fuck happened tonight. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. How do you hide a fireball in a fucking contract? I, that That makes no sense to me. You guys got anything on, on this? I mean, I, I'm glad it's going to happen, but you know, as far as tonight, it was just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Well, when it came to Carrion Ke- and Keith, that was a little hokey, sure, but his whole gimmick is hokey. If if we're going to really boil it down, he's just this big, like, satanic kind of monster, but he makes it look good. They they actually know how to, even coming down to filming, when it comes to him entering, and he's got the hot chick, you know, mouthing the song and coming in first. And then as she walks off, then you just see him kind of roaring in like a monster movie. And 
they they film him and they portray him in such a great way that you can you can deal with the camp and the hokiness. So Fireball is right up there with his kind of thing. I mean, I'm just waiting for him to take a cinder block to like Keith Lee's head or something <laughs> like that because it it's just all in the killer the killer cross the carrying cross you know that that whole kind of kit and that's fine because they actually know how to bill it and it's it's cool you know when it comes down to it and my hmm, I, I guess my my biggest questions really from nxt tonight are what the fuck are they doing with kind of the women's division because aside from EO and Dakota being the obvious match, and I did like EO's promo, especially when she punctuated it in English with that, you know, she's not in her head. She just pissed her the fuck off, essentially. That that was good. But you've got Mercedes kind of has a competitive match with Shotzi. And Shotzi, they like to go back and forth with if, if she's good or if she's not, if she's getting a push, if she's not getting a push. She's getting like that whole Tegan Knox kind of treatment where she wins one week loses the next week or makes a save and then they'll lose a tag match and she'll eat the pin or somebody else kind of thing and i just i don't know where you go in the women's division after the dakota match because it seems like it's kind of a it's just a smush of you can't really have Rhea beat mercedes right because you're having you're trying to build up mercedes as a a beater, like an actual, like serious, like just, you know, the brute of the women's division, so to speak. And Rhea has to be helping to make people because she's already had her title run. So you can't just immediately have her beat down the threat and then go back to being in the championship picture because that doesn't really do anything for depth at the top. So I'm, I'm really curious what the hell they're doing with the women's division. And I like, the mid card, the the North American division being a lot of just newer names or less exposed names, kind of getting the wins for these the, this ladder match. With if you like them or not, it's nice to actually see that they're putting some investment into the new wave, so to speak. Yeah, for, first, with the women's division, Chris, let, let me throw this over to you. It, to me, it kind of feels like where they are right now is when Asuka relinquished the title and went to the main roster. And Ember Moon came in. No disrespect to Ember Moon because she was a fine champion. But she didn't have the same clout that Asuka had. And the women's division seemed to kind of like, I don't know, take a step back until they could redouble their forces. Then Shayna took the ball and ran with it for a long fucking time. And it feels kind of like they're in that same position now. Shayna's gone. Io's the champion. She feels a lot like Ember Moon did to me. Very talented. All the talent in the world. But it it almost seems like the women's division is trying to to kind of like um you know redouble themselves, double their efforts, kind of okay, let's reestablish ourselves. Uh, you know, there's a problem. Like Rhea Ripley was was a good champion. They put they decided to put Charlotte over for some reason, visa problems, perhaps. Who the hell knows at this point? But but you guys feel like that? Like like I don't want to say Eo's transitional because I don't think that's fair to her. But does she feel kind of like the way Ember Moon felt when they were moving from one dominant champion to another? Well, the money match is clearly Rhea versus Aisharona. And I feel as if they're trying to space that out 
as much as they can. So they kind of have to all go off and do their own thing until they come together and they have that match. Is it Survivor Series? Is it Royal Rumble? Uh, obviously, I'm talking about the takeovers that happen you mm-hmm. know, prior to these shows. Or, you know, can they stretch it out till Mania? I don't know if they can stretch it that far, but I think that's what they're doing right now. So they've got Rhea off paired with uh, Robert Stone, a.k.a. Uh, Shaka Khan's son. I always forget his <laughs> name. Tony Khan. <laughs> they got her paired off there. And then, you know, with I Sharona, I'm sure Candice LeRae is going to get back in that title picture at some point in time and they'll have a program. And I, that's just what I think they're doing right now. They're trying to stretch that out as long as they can before they bring Rhea and I Sharona together because they know that that's the money match. Uh, doubling back a little bit, though, to the Keith Lee thing. You know, you got to remember, man, the average credentials for the average NXT competitor is like five, six, 85 pounds soaking wet with quarters in their pockets. So you've, and you got this big behemoth in Keith Lee. So you got to do something to try to level the playing field. So just like when Johnny wrestling gouged his eye with the keychains, what's up with WWE and eyes lately anyway, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah. And, and so now they said is they set his face on fire. So maybe he'll come out wearing a patch or something like that. And it levels the playing field. So it makes it believable that, okay, Keith Lee is in jeopardy. It's kind of hard to put a guy that big and that strong and that athletic in peril. So you got to do goofy shit to try to create some sort of uncertainty around the festivities. Speaking of the eyes thing, I, I got to put this out to you guys. We just reviewed like a uh, kill build volume two for the nerd review, <laughs> nerd review on bandwagon nerds. When she rips that chick's L L driver, Ellie driver's eye out of her fucking head and holds it and then drops it and stomps on it. I'm like, would that have been so hard to do some stupid shit like that for the Mysterio Seth Rollins match? Vince, maybe just, you know, anything that would have shown any, anything. Anyway, I digress. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, Cameron Grimes wins the triple threat tonight. Uh, I, I hate that motherfucker. I, I don't like Cameron Grimes at all. I get it that, and I said it a couple weeks ago on your guys' show on Pot is War that this ladder match is going to be NXT Breakout Tournament 2. And I was right <laughs> for once. Mm-hmm. It's turning into that. Uh, the big big thing at the end, Velveteen Dream, kind of a heel turn at the end of this whole thing, beating down Kushida. Finn Balor steps up to him because they're going to be in that second chance match next week. Uh, your thoughts on Cameron Grimes winning and who's got the edge in this fatal four-way match that they're going to have. It's going to be what Finn Velveteen dream. Uh, the new guy Ridge, whatever the hell his name is. I forget what the fuck yeah. his name is. Ridge, Ridge Holland. He Ridge, sounds like map quest directions. Yeah, yeah, Ridge, I get you. Ridge Holland. It sounds like a fucking suburb of New Jersey, but anyway, uh, <laughs> it is. It, oh, oh, hi, Hey man, how do I get to, uh, uh, Nathan's hot dogs? Oh man, you just take the, uh, Rich Howard bridge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go over to the white castle in Ridge Holland and, and you'll be right fucking there. So what do you guys think? Cameron Grimes wins this thing. Uh, who's got the edge in this fatal four-way? Who's going to be the last person in that match? They're going to put an established guy in there, obviously, because now you've got, you know, you've got Finn, you've got Velveteen Dream, you got Ridge, and I don't know who the fourth guy is. Oh, Gargano. Yeah, there you go, Johnny Gargano. Uh, who's got the advantage in that thing? So Andrew likes Grimes a lot more than I do. I'm not really here for him either. I, but the thing I that feel I, you, brother. I, feel like, I feel you. Yeah. But he's got a different look. He doesn't look cookie cutter like a lot of the other guys. So he's got that go for him because we all grew up watching wrestling. These melon farmers were hairy with beer bellies, but they look like they would beat the shit out of you. And he's got that appeal to him, which is nice. He's got that going for him, which is nice. He's got two out of two out of three ain't bad. Like, you know, (laughs) Captain Caveman's not a bad thing. Like, and he's not a bad worker. 
I like his. I think his gimmick is supposed to be kind of over the top and unlikable and just dorky, like Southern caricature. And it's it's perfect that you don't like him because you're not supposed to. You know what I mean? To the moon, Andrew. To the moon. Exactly. <laughs> so Ow! right in the kiss. Uh, it's it's rough because you have to think like, don't you need a baby face in that match? The uh, the ladder match, like. Do we even have a, aside from Bronson Reed, who I guess you can consider the baby, isn't everybody else a heel at the moment? Well, that's what I'm looking at is Bronson Reed. I think that's the guy that's going to work with. Well, Loomis, Loomis is out. Isn't Loomis, Wait, Loomis out? Is out? Is at... Oh, I thought you said Lupus. I was like, well, no, 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 no. Lupus? Lupus is another problem entirely. <laughs> <laughs> who got Lupus? No, Lu- Dexter Loomis, Loomis he's, he's, out, Lupus? he's out of the match, I think, is what I understood. Lupus. But you got Damian Priest. Lupus. That's yeah. all I heard. He might. Yeah. You never know. You got Damian Priest. You got uh, now. You got Cameron Grimes and um, Thick Boy and like Bronson Reed. And you know Reed's not established enough to call him a baby face, but I guess he's he hasn't done anything heelish in the bit we've seen him on TV. So he's probably the closest thing to a baby face that we have in the match. So by default, does that mean that we need like Finn Balor? To is, go over is Finn a face? Is Finn a face now? I can't keep track. <laughs> I have no idea well, what the he, fuck he is. He's definitely yeah, not a heel because we know Gargano's a heel, especially after their little the Gargano's vignette, and we know that Dream is kind of on this weird tear of just getting frustrated and possibly heel turn, possibly just him getting pissed off at the world. Who the fuck knows? And Ridge Holland, no one cares about, so I don't think he's winning. So process of elimination in my head i think finn has to go over here yeah i'm i'm still going bronson man because they they've done no, some no, in the second chance they, not in the, oh, in the main oh, oh, no, I, I i don't give a shit about the second chance i'm talking about the, the, the main thing because they we need to know who's going to get into the main ladder match that's why we need the second chance pick somebody <laughs> else to get in there come on Fine, <laughs> goddammit. it it'll, it'll be finn because he's an established name so Thank finn you. will get in there and you're welcome but the funny thing about Dream is Dream was always a heel. The Velveteen Dream character was always a heel. Yep. It's just that he was so goddamn dramatic, we started cheering him. So he was, yeah, he, he, I don't, I mean, yes, he did a heel turn tonight, but I don't, he never had a face turn, you know, we just started cheering Well, him. that's like tonight, Morrow's like, we haven't seen this side of the Velveteen Dream. I'm like, bullshit, Morrow. That's how he fucking started in the first place until people yeah, started cheering that, for him. And then, you know. That is the Velveteen Dream, yes. Yeah, then, hey, we're going to throw him in there against Ciampa. Without any explanation, now he's a face. Okay. I, I just always love when he sweats out his perm. He looks like showing up from The Last Dragon, and then he go around. Because his right hand is basically bitch slapping somebody. It's not even a right. He just slaps you across the face. It just it works for me, man. It does. You know? oh, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> Show enough. Now we just need a Bruce Leroy. That's how, what we need right yeah. now. Slap you down, bitch. Go it's dream. Strictly. What did what did they say tonight? They said uh, Velveteen Dream is a Dennis Rodman of NXT. I'm like, I'm not sure that's a compliment, Morrow. You know, I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's the enigmatic, you know, uh, kind of loose cannon. Just don't know what he's gonna do next, and that's kind of how they always, at least to my recollection, in the '90s, they love to paint Dennis Rodman as just being an eccentric character who you never know what he's gonna do next. No one really added that extra emphasis, you know, on that, the news to the to the mass 
masses generally even if he walked up in lipstick eyeliner and a wedding dress like it's just eccentricity right there that really sounds like that uh tennessee honey jack daniels talking right there folks that's all i gotta say man that's uh that's good stuff man uh your guys playoff beards are magnificent i just gotta say that on air i I love it i wish i my wife would let me grow mine but that ain't happening but i tell you what is happening let's uh let's take another break before we move on to our next topic this is uh, Pot is War on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey, folks. Listen up. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. All right, guys, we are back. Chris Platt talking about the bladder of an acorn. We're not really sure what that means, folks, but it's uh, it's a good time, whatever it is. Uh, let's it's talk. Not, it's really not. No, it's not. And believe me, I, I'm an I'm an old man here, so I know all about the bladder of an acorn and and you know nocturnal emissions and that sort of shit. But anyway, let's uh let's talk some main roster shit. I mean, I, we usually don't talk Raw and SmackDown on the show too much, but Raw this week went to some dark places, guys. I I mean, some interestingly, and I'm not talking about Raw Underground or Retribution or whatever the fuck <laughs> they're doing down there. Uh, the the caning of Dominic Mysterio this week, uh, pretty good ass whipping. I know Andrew's talking about Ray's blind as fuck and can't see this ass whipping going <laughs> on, but still, Dominic signs his WWE contract and uh, pays the price as Seth Rollins and Murphy just beat the holy hell out of this boy. Uh, what do you guys think of this segment? I thought it was uh, I, I I actually enjoyed this segment. I'm like, yeah, beat his ass some more, Ray. <laughs> or Seth, or Murphy, or whoever the fuck was beating his ass. It was all good with me. I, I, I thought, man, Raw's getting a little medieval on this whole thing. What would you guys think of this thing? I mean, is this uh, this this uh, this feud that's got going, is it, has it got any heat behind it, or is it just more Raw bullshit? Hey, man, beat his ass, Ray. You know, and that could be Ray Mysterio. That could be Ray Parker Jr. That could be uh, uh, three-man weaves, Ray Cash. Like, let's, let's get all the Rays. They, they get Ray Cash to beat what his ass. I agree. <laughs> Let's get them all in there because what I think this was, I think this was the equivalent of Dominic paying his dues. You know, everybody always talks about dues in wrestling and there's certain, you know, everybody talks about them them telling the young guys to carry the bags and bring the water and all that goofy shit like that. I think that was the equivalent of him paying his dues. He actually he obviously got a leg up on a lot of people because his father happens to be one of the goats. And he he put he put his son in a pretty good position, which that's what fathers are supposed to do with their siblings. They're supposed to or there's their offspring. They're supposed to set them up in good positions to succeed in life. So I'm not mad at that at all, man. Shout out to nepotism. But I think <laughs> that was his initiation and him paying his dues into the WWE. I think that's why they beat the shit out of him. Plus, he kind of low key had a receipt coming because he did the same thing to Seth last week. So they did it just double time. They clapped clapped him in the ropes and. He's going to be feeling that until SummerSlam. So I think that's what that was. And it added an extra layer of heat to the festivities. I mean, if poking out your daddy's eyeballs wasn't enough, now you got to see this poor kid get caned. 
on the Singapore side of the game. Dave remembers that. I don't know if oh, anybody yeah. else will, but no, I, I, yeah, yeah it was a, it was a <laughs> fucking Singapore caning going on there for poor Dominic. He got his ass whooped. Uh, pictures of him the next day showing the uh, battle scars. Woo! No thanks, man. That looked like it might have stung a little bit, Andrew. I know you don't uh, give two shits about the uh, main roster usually, but you had to have some feeling about this. Can y'all imagine what it felt like the next day shower? Oh no. my god, uh, that's uh, that had to suck. Oh but it, I like I like the fact that Chris said it was all about paying dues, and I agree with that. But it also it's it adds a layer of believability for me and for I think a lot of people that were just shitting on the match going, oh, it's it's Rey Mysterio's kid. This isn't really fair. It's it, who who cares? How can we how can it be believable against Seth Rollins? Well, the last time we remember somebody who was kind of a not a joke, but at least a chump in the company, because Tommy Dreamer's whole gimmick was that he lost all the time and he wasn't really he was competitive, but he was never going to go over anybody. And people, at least around our age, tend to always remember the old, please, sir, can I have another caning that Sandman gave him? And that made Dreamer because it showed that he had so that he wouldn't cave in regardless of the fact that, you know, he was a perpetual loser, a consummate loser, perennial loser, whatever fun, you know, SAT words you want to use before loser, that was Dreamer. And this way, we kind of apply a similar kind of underdog, literally getting the shit beat out of him kind of motif to this young, unproven kid that just happens to have the last name Mysterio but we we don't know if he can go yet or not. But now we kind of want to see it more because he literally just got his ass kicked and has the scars to show it. And what do you guys think? I mean, he's got the perfect opponent because if anybody in that company can lead him to a decent match, it's, you know, Seth freaking Rollins. But and I know he grew up playing football, so he's obviously tough and shit, them cane shots he just took. He's obviously tough, but I don't see that he has his dad's athleticism. I don't see anything. He just doesn't look as smooth or fluid in the, in the ring as obviously his dad will. I mean, that that's not fair. He's I'm yeah, I was going to say I mean, anybody. But, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, this shit is in his family, man. This goes back generations. He's probably a, what a third or fourth generation wrestler, and that he just he doesn't look fluid in the ring. I haven't seen much athleticism. Maybe it's because he's wearing them tight ass jeans. I don't know, <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I, I I mean, I'm not sure. I, I think Seth kind of opened the door for this match where he said, you know, hey, man, bring whatever you want. Bring whoever you want. It's all everything's fair game in this thing, which creates a scenario by which Ray can get involved and Dominic can get a win and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, Dominic right now, I look at him and I'm just like, I'm kind of like you, Chris. I'm like, eh, I'm not seeing anything really impressive about him. He's sure as shit. Uh, he might be taller than his dad. He certainly doesn't have his dad's athletic build. I haven't seen anything, you know, oh, you did some double frog splashes on fucking Brock a few months ago. That's the extent of his resume pretty much, isn't it? I haven't seen much hey. more than that. Hey, his WWE resume, because people have said for a while that he's been training in Mexico, and it's not like he's never run the ropes or taken a bump. It's just stuff we haven't really been Yeah, but they to. said that about Cain Velasquez, and we saw how well that worked out. Well, Cain was doing his thing, though, in AAA, man. He was, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He was that Lucha Libre style. He looked good there. That yeah. was a good they, match in AAA, yeah. 
But, I mean, I'm just saying, man, with Dominic, and I know he's been training. Obviously, his dad's been training him, and Conan is his godfather, and he's been working with him as well. I'm just saying, those 619s look mad awkward, man. He, he's, he's done a couple of them now. They look mad well, I mean, Cesaro's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and it doesn't look half as often. And how many times have we seen him fucking faceplant on a Swiss 1-9? That's why he doesn't do them too often anymore, because he's fucked them up his fair share of times. <laughs> Swiss 1-9, that's right. And, and speaking of Ray coming out, man, his blind ass, he's going to run out to the ring and run into the ring post or into the, the he, hockey boards or something like that. Like he's gonna He be better come out with, with like, like the, the stick ring. or like a couple of like CNI dogs or something like that. Now, that would be good. <laughs> Have the dogs just go get him. That would be awesome. Some pit bulls or some shit like that. I'm, I'm OK with this. These are my dogs. They're called Kraken. And I'm going to release them on your ass, Seth. Release the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that'd be good. And then you just see an ad for the Seattle Kraken hockey team pop yeah. up after that. That's and what it and was. Just along a- with some Kraken black rum along the way. And oh, it's there just, we go. Nice. It's, nice. Just, it's just a Kraken sort of theme. It, it, Crack-a-lacking, right? Something like that. Hey, hey, man, if we can get Ray to get both his eyeballs poked out, we can have Cujo come down and bite off Seth Rollins' leg. Yeah, I agree. That's Okay, I agree. I mean, what's the next the next gimmick match for Vince? Dog bite your asshole out on a pole match. There you go. That that's this should be the next the next gimmick match that we run for SummerSlam or Extreme Rules next year. Don't 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 give him ideas. I'm Please sorry. Don't give him ideas. We know we know Vince's interns are listening to this shit. So yeah, that that one that one's gonna cost you if you guys start bringing fucking attack dogs out to the ring. Pot is war is going to be like you do. Got you guys know I am an attorney, so you know I I can I can initiate a lawsuit on your ass. So <laughs> cut the check, WWE. That's yeah. all we want. Hey, Jerry McDivitt, cut me the fucking check. You know, from one attorney brother to the other, cut me the check. But speaking of guys who don't need to pay their dues, is uh, one Ric Flair, who um, interesting segment with Randy Orton this week. Guys got a, a lot of buzz, got a lot of talk. Uh, Randy Orton, who just is like, I, you know, I don't know what to say. What What are your guys' thoughts on this run? I mean, he, uh, he's he's having a heel run, but is Randy cut doing some of his best work in years, maybe even ever right now with some of the shit that he's been doing with these promos and, and blending, you know, cr- kind of blending that line between shoot and work and, and, and doing it very well. This week, he, he nutshots Rick and allegedly punts him, which, of course, we didn't see because the lights went out. But that's, you know, just WWE. Yeah, WWE in 2020. A punt took place. Just trust us on this. No, no. You don't have to see anything. You didn't see any Jedi mind trick. You know, maybe he did get punted in the head. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe he did. So it's that sort of thing. But but what are your what are your thoughts on this? My only big complaint is like every time WWE wants to get some controversy with Ric Flair, they invoke his dead son's fucking name, which is like, that's just stupid. You know, can't, can't we be more original about that? I did like the segment. I thought, you know, Randy kind of calling Rick a has been calling him out doing the, and, and slipping in between. I really love you and respect you, but I got to destroy you. You know, that sort of thing. And then, and then Drew McIntyre kind of coming to Rick's aid at the, anyway, I'm rambling. What do you guys think of this whole fucking thing? I mean, I, I can just throw this one out there. And since uh, Chris loves to say, I am the resident WWE hater and you know that I hate everything WWE. Well, that's this not goes true. To I know you, you have a wet dream about Randy Orton. I know that. Shh. This goes to prove that Randy Orton is the fucking best when he wants to be. 
because that that's that's the major caveat with Orton because he's done some of his best work for the last few years. Like I remember the promo he had a, th- a year or two ago with AJ Styles yep. when they were kind of burying the whole indie thing back and forth, and him and AJ had a great back and forth, and it was very natural, and it seemed like they were both having fun. And even Orton's match with and that whole angle with Jeff Hardy before. I think Hardy got hurt or whatever that was, and that's why it ended kind of weird with that awkward RKO falling off the cage kind of thing. But Randy, that that was just wonderful. The way he delivered it was fantastic because it was the emotion was actually kind of palpable and poignant because that's the way you act when you lose respect for someone or when you realize that someone doesn't have your back or they're not the person you thought they were or they're not your friend anymore. And you just, you kind of, you bring it all up and you, you go through the motions yourself of, I love you, but you did this. And then it's like, you did this for me and I really love and respect that, but that's not who you are now. And as, as, as much as I agree with you that bringing up the read thing was a little bit of a, a low blow, this was at least to Rick and not to charlotte so you know that rick had to okay it especially with randy because every regardless of what you think about randy being a dick or not every interview we've heard of other people he crosses his t's dots his eyes and makes sure the moves are perfectly safe and that everything is perfect and everybody agrees on it and if it's not 100 percent okay he's not gonna do it Plus, there's also that other fun layer that he could have also been kind of dragging David in there a little bit, too, because Rick was never close with David, and David wanted to follow in Daddy's footsteps and fucking sucked. We remember that WCW debacle. And then the whole Reed thing. And shit, even even when he low-blowed him, Randy still stayed in character and protected Rick on the way down, with just, like, coddling him like a child, but just having that look on his face and saying shit through his teeth like he was still talking shit to him, but still conflicted, where he's like, I love you, but you deserve this kind of thing. And then, oh, it was just... And I love the fact that they had the lights flickering ahead of time, so it wasn't just Jedi bullshit, that, oh, the lights went out, and then, yeah, we we assume it was a pun because Randy slapped his thigh and we heard the noise. But it, it it worked itself out nice, and nobody really wants to see Ric Flair take a bump. No, <laughs> you know. So no. I think it it worked perfectly. That was fucking gorgeous. Well, number one, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Dave, but number one, uh, he was clearly talking about both David and Reed. But I question, did they do it and and clear it, and everybody was okay with it, or Rick was uncomfortable with it? But Rick got a Rick, and Rick got to be Rick, and he just wants to be the spotlight in in the spotlight and his WWE and his professional wrestling. And Rick's old school in that way, so it's just that's just kind of what you do. Uh, number two about the the nutshot. Well, this Mellon Farmer got like twenty five percent of a colon and a pacemaker. So I like the way they played it off. They clearly did not want Rick to take any bumps, and they're not here for Rick taking any bumps. But the way they played it off, it did play into the or- Orton sadistic, evil but conflicted character. Like that was that was good shit. That really was. That was good shit because I understand why they did what they did, but it, it went well. That was good shit. Uh, number three, can we all appreciate how Joe Biden and Ric Flair have the exact same hair? And it's weird. It's like <laughs> this. It's like this weird blondish, flesh-colored, whatever on top of their heads. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, Shane McMahon is half their age and has a head full of white hair. Go figure. Let me let me throw something out there to you guys, which may sound at first blush a little bit blasphemous, but let me ask you this. 
Randy Orton, 14-time world champion. Is he underrated in your guys' opinion? Yes. I think he's prop I think he's proper look pro- properly rated depending on everything that happens. Because you, two, three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, and a motivated Randy Orton looking like the best wrestler in the world when he's either A, wrestling somebody he likes and respects, or B, finna get a title run. I agree with you there, Chris, but the only reason I say he's underrated is you still have a very vocal portion of the fandom that will either say it's nepotism somehow, like they're just stupid and they just think he got a push based off his name, or they'll just say he's boring or lazy or something like that. And they they misconstrue safe for boring. And I would rather watch Randy Orton and Bobby Roode in a 60-minute draw where everybody comes out of the match happy, safe, and it all went fine, and they can all go home and hug their kids than fucking like Kenny Omega versus Kota Obushi and someone breaks their neck or breaks their wrist because they had to do some kind of ridiculous fucking 450 spot off the fucking lighting trest. I look at him, I don't know if you guys are going to hit this um, or get this analogy, but I look at Randy Orton like the genius from the the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, as far as lyrical-wise and being able to, like, your your breathing and your lyrics and being able to ride a beat and stuff like that, proficiently and technically, he's absolutely brilliant. But he's so damn good that sometimes he's boring. Plus, his content is very in-depth. I mean, he's named the genius, for Christ's sakes, and he's done, you know, he's done lectures at MIT. So, you know, this isn't a, a, a dumb guy we're talking about here, but he's so good at what he does. He's so good at rhyming that sometimes it's boring. He's so good that it becomes boring. And I think Orton is like that as well. And I think that's why people kind of miss his genius from time to time, because he's just that good. You know, yeah, does that make sense? It does. And, and <laughs> no, yeah. I'll draw a further comparison. Um, Orton, you know, like when, when Austin and The Rock were coming up at the same time and Austin had all that buzz and, and The Rock had the charisma to carry him arguably past Stone Cold in certain ways. And Randy's kind of got this, him and Cena are always linked together. And and Cena's largely regarded as the more successful uh, WWE superstar, largely based on his charisma that a lot of people say, like you're saying, Chris, Randy's kind of boring, you know? And, and now this latest run, you get to see some of his charisma shining forward a little bit because there is no shadow of Cena cast over him. It's just Randy Orton, who's probably cutting the best promos of anybody in the business right now. I, I, I think you could make a legitimate argument. You go across all the businesses, all the business right now. Randy's probably cutting the best shit right now, uh, really kind of asserting himself in that sort of way. So in some respects, yeah, maybe he's he's a little underrated. Uh, but now you've removed a lot of the the stuff that was kind of keeping him down. And he's kind of shining through a little bit, I think. That's funny. You brought you just brought up uh, Potter's War's greatest hits. Drew, you remember that argument, man, when we went back yes. and forth and I was talking about how it had to be Cena. And you said and I asked you, well, if it wasn't Cena, who you said Randy Orton? I said he'd be outside the children's hospital smoking cigarettes, pissed. He got to go kiss the <laughs> kids and all of that. <laughs> You're right. He would be. Randy Orton is very much like a like a superhero from the boys. Which I don't know if you've seen that yet, Chris. Randy Orton's Highlander. Are you saying Randy yeah. Orton's Highlander, Andrew? Randy Orton is Homelander. 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 Yeah. Homelander. 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 Highlander. Yeah. Highlander. Yeah. Highlander is a different show, which was a fantastic <laughs> show and at least two good movies out of like five or six, because the rest are shit. He might but, be. <laughs> he might be Highlander too. 
Damn, if Randy Orton was immortal, that's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine all the great matches we could get. He might actually face Okada. As long as Randy Orton's not the as long as he's not the deep, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Randy Orton's going to be in uh, 30 years. He's going to be wrestling uh, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins' son at the main event of WrestleMania. (laughs) Yeah, saying, hey, finger fuck my fucking gills here. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, Pot is war. Finger (laughs) fuck my gills. There's the title for this episode, folks. I I like that. That's a good title. (laughs) We got a title. God damn. I was about to say something, and now I can't remember what it is. I don't know. Talk amongst yourselves. We could stop at finger fuck my gills. That's good. We could. That, that's a good I, I break guess point. We're not, yeah, yeah, we're not going to top that. You have a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. have the ones in a blue moon. Well, on, on that uh, interesting note, we're going to take our, uh, our final break and move into our final topic of the evening. And once again, this is Pod is War on ChairShot.com on the ChairShot Radio Network. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, all the way from across the pond, the one man with no Instagram. I am telling you right now, you're about to get busted open with Chair Shot Radio. Make sure you check them out every Friday, giving you the best in news, views, interviews, and their best opinions on the WWE. And I'm telling you now, if you don't, you're going to choke on that slap nuts. Woo! All right, folks, we are back. It is time for Andrew Belaz to step into the spotlight. Tell us everything that's going on over in Japan and, and and anything else that Chris and I probably don't know shit about, which leaves a lot of options open because Chris and I don't know a lot. Ah, oh, shit. And there's Tunny. Oh, Tunny oh, just shorted. Yeah. It was going so well, too. Yeah. Fuck. Fine, God. There's PC Tunny's music. Oh, no. Stay away from the Dippin' Docs, Tunny. Stay away from them. Oh, no, doesn't this game we all have to lay out because, you know, every time new music hits when people are in the ring, we all have to just act befuddled and moronic until, you know, something happens? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Get, I am here. Let me get there. Oh, that's a good face. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but For yes. God's sake, they killed him. <laughs> so, 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 God, they killed him. Let's stick with some of the, the Japanese highlights that most people would know. And it might be lowlights, depending on how you care about certain people. Um, New Japan had a tournament for their six-men belts because evil defected, so they just vacated it and had a tournament. And it ended up being Okada's team of Sho and Toriyano versus Yoshihashi's team of Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. Yoshihashi's team actually won. So for the first time in his 12-year career... In this horrible fucking 2020 nightmare timeline, Yoshihashi's dumbass got a fucking belt. So that that's something. Only in 2020, folks. Yes. Um, oh, in- Andrew hates it when, you know, I just shit on the topics and go off topic and crack my jokes and stuff like that. He wants me to be engaged. So I'm going to repeat what I said a few weeks ago that. Ghetto had way too much time on his hands during this pandemic. He's trying a bunch of different goofy shit, and maybe some of it will stick, but he had way too much time on his hands. And I get it, man. You're sitting there alone. Your woman is halfway across the world in Orlando. What are you going to do? No, I, I don't disagree with you there. So, I, I yeah, it's, it's Yoshihashi. I've never liked him. I don't get the draw. He has, he has a belt. It's the worst belt in the company, though, so take that for what it is. But at least he's got one, so fucking A. Now he has to go in the history books. Um, in better news that we can actually be engaged about and give a fuck about, KG Muto, the real name of the great Muta, had his first singles match since his arthros- double knee arthroscopic knee surgery 
couple years ago, and it was in Pro Wrestling Noah against their their young up and coming, not quite ace yet, but he he's twenty four years old, and they're grooming him like the ace. And Muto actually won the match via figure four, and it was a twenty seven minute like slobber knocker. And this is all kind of in preparation to see if Muto can com- be the third person in history to complete the Japanese Grand Slam, which is having the Noah belt, the All Japan belt, and the the New Japan belt. Only Kensuke Sasaki and uh, Yoshihiro Takahashi have done it. So he would only be the third person ever to get the three biggest belts in Japan if he can then take the belt off of the current champion. So we're talking the so, great, the great oh, Muda from the guy who beat sting in WCW in 1990, that, that, that great Muda, the green originator yes. of the green mist and all that shit, that great. Muda. Yes. That great Muda Holy is 57. Fuck. I believe. Fuck man. I'm 51. And I, I, you would just beat me with my own dick. That's how badass the great Muda is. <laughs> wow. I'm not three minutes and, and we got a title. Beat me with that, no, 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 no. We already got a title. You just missed it. Yeah, you, you literally walked in right after a title possibility, but, you know, you're going to have final say, so whatever. But, yes, now, now I think the real question before I continue on the Japanese stuff is, would he have to remove your dick to beat you? Or are you packing some major heat that you could just hit yourself in the head like you could throw it over your shoulder like a continental soldier? Like like Dexter San Jacques on that Eddie Murphy uh, delirious thing, walking on the beach, <laughs> throw it over my shoulder? Nah, yeah. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> We'll just talk. Yeah, we'll just talk. Let me throw it over my... Next thing you know, Dexter is fucking your woman. Well. So sad. The beach. I'm having trouble with my boyfriend. You don't say. You don't have no fun. But there we go. So, Chris, there's something for you to be engaged with because you have to have some love for Muda being the WCW kid you were. Bro, I love Great Muda, man. Like, Great Muda was, with all due respects to Jushin, and everybody knows how we feel about Jushin. Great Muda was really my introduction to Japanese wrestling. And when he came, showed up in WCW, man, he was just so different. Number one, he had the face paint and the mist and just the way he moved around the ring and the way he wrestled, man. It was just so revolutionary for its time. And... You know, we talk about Dynamite Kid, we talk about the Dean Malinkos and the He Who Shall Not Be Named and the Ray Rays and the Eddie Guerreros and all of those guys, but Muto is arguably just as important as them. I mean, the things that he did in the ring at the time, I didn't know you could even do those things in the ring. I mean, this was in the time of bear hugs and body slams <laughs> being finishers and stuff like that. Like, I didn't know you could do those types of things in a wrestling ring, man, before Great Buddha. Plus, he was just cool. He had the face paint and the mist and, you know, the 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 karate pants. And he had Gary Hart, which I still low-key think Gary Hart got some black in him. I'm just throwing that out there. It's <laughs> never been confirmed. I haven't been able to confirm. I've been trying. He just looked like he got some black in him. He bald-head dude from Chicago. That was back in the days when an abdominal stretch would get you a submission. That's some, yeah. uh, that's some old school shit. Just as a side note, remember, I mean, everybody, no one talks about this, but remember Starcade was it 89, had that four-way round robin? Oh. Flair, Luger, Sting, and Muda. They buried Muda and Doom, that pay-per-view. I remember that. Yeah, the round robin tournament. Yeah, man, that that should have been a bigger deal than it was. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, he was 
He was undefeated <laughs> at the time. And then they beat him like twice. Yeah. It, within like in five minute matches and, and doom looked trash. And yeah, it, that and was the skyscrapers it, it was were supposed concept. to be in, but then Danny Spivey got hurt or Sid vicious got yeah, hurt or some shit. And the Steiners the beat. Yeah. The Simone SWAT team yeah. and the Steiners beat the road warriors back when they were supposedly unbeatable, even though the road warriors still won the fucking tournament. But Hey, anyway, yeah. I mean that's the Steiners though. At least you can't really gripe about that. No, I like, no not not back then. Not that not that bad. Not the Steiners back then. Hell no. So but, so yeah. How did Muda at fifty seven years old look in the match though? That's what I'm interested in. Is this something that I should seek out to watch? Yes, Muda is not bad. He still does the Muda stuff. Like he still moves with that ferment uh, the frenetic pace. He still hits the flashing elbow. He still pops up pretty well from like, you you know how Japanese wrestling works where they'll have a couple holds, couple counter holds. There'll be like this weird rollout where then they, they kind of pop up and stare at each other. He still moves fairly well for being 57. But, Did he you hit know, the I don't think he hit the moonsault in that match. I might have to go back and watch it again because I will be covering the show a little later. I just haven't had time to sit down and watch everything. But he, he's been falling back on the figure four, the shining wizard, a, li- a little more ground-based stuff. He Before his knee surgery, he could hit the moonsault still, and that was only like two years ago. So at 55, he could hit a moonsault. I'm pretty sure he could hit a moonsault now. But, so, so yes, I need to go back and, and check this out. All right, send me a link, it man. It might actually you know how we still be free at the moment. Means. Well, even not nefarious means it might actually be free because Noah and uh, DDT, cyber agent, Kind of, I feel like I got scammed slightly, even though it's not really a scam. But they have a streaming service, but they've been showing a lot of stuff through other affiliated companies like Japanese Television G Plus or Abima is apparently a Japanese like television service that has its own website and then also have free availability for a week after the show. So. Mm. That's it's not bad, but then you also kind of sit there and go, "Why am I paying for this streaming site if you're showing everything for free on a Bima?" I'm not happy about that. But so you, if you watch it within the next couple of days, you might actually just be able to watch it for free without needing nefarious means. Fair enough, man. We'll talk offline. They, yes. I, I don't know what you heard. I, I what you just said. I heard. Wah, 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 well, yes, so, we'll so words online. you're not accustomed to. But I guess <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> let, let, let's wrap this this Muda talk up with a little bit of how would you feel if Muda did complete the Grand Slam, did win the GHC Heavyweight Championship at 57? Would you think it's a gimmick? Would you be okay with it? Would you think it's something he deserves being Muda? Or how would you feel about that, given, you know, a more Western perspective and you don't follow everything as closely, but you at least know who he is? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, wait. Wait a Come second. On. That was a little vague. No. What were you answering yes no. to? Everything he just said. Yes, it's a gimmick. Yes, he deserves it. And yes, I would be interested as a, a Western fan who knows who Muda is and considers that man a legend. Yes. What doesn't a lot of it have to do with who's he gonna beat and then what's he gonna do afterwards with it? What's the situation gonna be? It could, but I'm not saying I mean who's as far as go as far as, as because like, y'all would know who it is. <laughs> but, but, if, but I mean you know what it is, and that's what I'm saying. As far as storyline inside of their world, like for us, we we love Muda, so like it would be fine for us. But like, 
it, it'd be kind of like when, you know, if Goldberg came back in 10 years from now and, and ended up winning another championship, right? Or like, like when if you're not able to universal a year or so ago. I was there. I was there. I get it. Okay. I was there. They flashed Jericho's fucking Titantron before the match started and ruined everything for everybody. If you don't think Chris Jericho is doing a, a match at 60 years old for a title, you're deluding yourself. But, yeah, I'm here for it. And, I mean, you know, Japan is in a weird spot right now where they've lost a lot of traction in the market because they've not been able to run shows recently because of the Rona. And they've got to do some things. This is why Ghetto's doing all this goofy shit, trying to throw something against the wall to see if it sticks and see if they can kind of gain some more traction in the market because they've been gone for so long. So they got to do goofy shit to try to get their name back out there in the in the public eyes. So go for it, man. Yeah, and it's Muda. It's fucking Muda. Yeah, I I agree. If Muda wins a title, it completes the Grand Slam at 57. He deserves it. He's Muda, like Chris is saying. The guy pretty much might, invented the moonsault, as far as American might, fans are concerned. That might fair. not be the title, yeah. but it's fucking Muda is a good title. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. Muda. I that thought it was terrible. It's, it's fucking, fucking Muda. Muda. Yeah, but that's not a bad. That's not a bad idea too. <laughs> All right, there's no, like that, three of them fair. in rapid succession so yeah see what happens it's when Tony shows Muda, up. and in parentheses slap dave with his own dick <laughs> other parentheses That's finger quite... finger fuck my gills there you go god yeah. there's so many parentheticals yeah. on this yeah <laughs> I, I don't have the visual in my head right now of of muda slapping dave with his own dick and it's hilarious. It's, it's the question, hilarious. The question is: I see Dave flapping around like a penguin, you know, on its back. You know what I mean? Like, all right, now, now this, this could almost be a title within itself. But the question is: Does Muda spit the mist, or does the mist come from his dick? I think he would spit the mist first, then slap me in the face with my own dick. You know that? You know. Pot, pot, is, pot is war, dick mist. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, man, if you're going to slap a man with his own dick, you should probably incapacitate him and blind him first because, yeah, he's not a man's not just going to let you slap him with his own dick or all willy nilly. At, like, at least well, buy me dinner first, you know? <laughs> at least buy me dinner before you fuck me. Come on, man. God, I, I love how this went from Japan conversation and slapping people with their own dick. This is fantastic. This is a very on brand, you know, train wreck of a topic. So I like it. It's good. Good stuff. I had that exact conversation, man, when I discovered that I had hemorrhoids and I was in the emergency room and the uh, the nursing attendant that was checking and stuck the finger up there to see what was going on. He was a dude and he clearly liked dudes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he did. And it was weird because they brought the nurse in and the nurse was kind of cute. And I was single at the time. So I'm like flirting with the nurse like, hey, how's it going? I'm thinking she's going to be the one with the finger up the ass, right? They just brought All her in. All the time in her head, she's going... This guy thinks he's getting my finger, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was in there so it wouldn't be awkward. So the dude sticks his finger up his ass, and then we get done with the procedure. And I just look at him and I say, "Okay, so how's this work now? Do you buy me dinner or?" <laughs> <laughs> then I call I think my... Andrew wants to hear. Andrew wants to hear this with all the dick slapping. <laughs> That's not funny now, is it? Get the f*** off me! <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. 
never gets old. Go on, Andrew. We, I'm sure there's more shit you want to talk about. I mean, there could be, but I don't really know how we how we you know get better than you know Muda misting people in the face and slapping them with their own dick. So like I <laughs> I, th- I think this this topic has crescendoed. So uh, we can move on to the next one. Yeah, the crescendo. God is war. The crescendo. <laughs> that makes it sound fancy. I like it. <laughs> All right, folks. So we'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I got to be honest, fellas, if we have a non-dick title, I don't have to worry about my black friends looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing with your life, man? <laughs> I mean, so so there's that. You if it was just called The Crescendo. That sounds important, man. Like, we just made, like, uh, fucking um, Citizen Kane or some shit. You know what I mean? Either that, or, either that or Greg will just say, Crescendo, perfect. That's your last episode. The Crescendo of Pot is War, and you're out of here. See you later, guys. All it took was Unger to fucking moderate this thing, and that's the end of the show. So see you later. <laughs> oh God, Tony, you got anything to add to this uh, to this uh, dick slapping episode, or uh, what? What do you think, man? <laughs> no, oh, I don't know what number topic you're on, but just go ahead with the next one. There is no next one. We've run well, that through was topic five. Oh, oh no! There's actually a next. Oh, one. that's I, right. I there is a next topic. Dang. That's right. I, yeah. I we were trying to avoid that. Andrew and I were like shying away from this thing. But go ahead, see, go ahead, Chris. You you want to talk about this stuff? Let's uh, let's get into it. Oh God! What are All we right, about? Well, talk talk a bunch yourself. So Tom's gonna be <laughs> uncomfortable, and he's gonna have to go back to softball. He's just like, oh wait, there's another game. I'm gone. Bye bye. All right. So there was a a, a big hullabaloo. This past week in the uh, IWC, what? Ooh, shut up! Whatever. Hey, man, all words are made up. Stay woke. Anywho, if I want to say hubble, hubble, blub, hubble, bubba, it was a big hubble, bubba, hubble, bubble, bubble gum, baby. There you go. That's a good one. Remember, Chris, I'm the one that's been drinking. You're supposed to be better with this. Come on. The joke's on you all. I've been drinking this entire time. You just, oh, yeah, I've, been, no. I've been drinking Shit. I've been drinking it since before you guys started this thing. I've been drunk since breakfast. Ha. You, <laughs> you guys are not as much fun since I stopped drinking, just so you know that. I, I, I need to drink so much that I'm willing to miss the first part of your fucking thing here, Chris. I'll be right back. I need another beer. Well, Dave, when did you stop drinking? Like 45 minutes ago? 45 seconds ago. But anyway... <laughs> I was trying to find uh, right now. Is that what it is? <laughs> I I, w- I was trying to filibuster until I found Lance Storm's tweet that kind of set this whole thing in motion. But there's been this big hubba bubba in the IWC this week in regards to intergender wrestling, and I'm sure you guys have all seen this, right? Yeah, I think to uh, to paraphrase while you still look, I'm pretty sure the biggest foible that Lance made out of the whole situation was basically trying to equate the speaking out movement to 
why people shouldn't do intergender wrestling because some female wrestlers have come to him saying that they felt pressured or that there was that, that there was a need for them to have to do a match they weren't comfortable with. And he kind of phrased it that, well, in light of speaking out, we should just, you know, not do this anymore so people don't feel pressured to do it. So just what real quick, man, I didn't, I promise, I swear to God, I'm going to throw it right back to you, Drew. And so you can, you're, you're going to be first on this topic, but I did find the tweet. So I just want to, I'm just going to read the oh, tweet no. in my old English I guess accent. I was paraphrasing while you were, where you were searching. So let's see how close <laughs> Hold I on. It's, it's uh, theater time with Christopher Platt. Masterpiece theater. Masterpiece theater Platt. with Christopher Platt. Please Sponsored throw money. <laughs> this is the real reason why this is the crescendo because we have masterpiece theater. Yes, sponsored by the English Premier League that no one in America is watching. But anyway, I see some discussion on intergender wrestling matches again in light of the hashtag speaking out. I think these matches have to stop. I've heard from so many women who were uncomfortable doing these, but felt obligated to get booked because these matches were accepted, quote-unquote, norms. Did Lance Storm just analogize intergender wrestling to a blowjob? Because that's kind of what it sounded like to me. They didn't want to do it. But they felt obligated. No, no, it can't be a blowjob. I'm not going to accept intergender wrestling what? as a birthday present. So, that, no. What's her, what's her name, Eliza? Wow. Have really? you guys ever seen a... Chris couldn't even know that. Chris Yo. said something. He's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you need to get your, you need to diversify your internet web searches, bro. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> you need to find some websites, brother. <laughs> have you all seen Eliza Scherzinger's stand up? No. no. <laughs> She's like, growing up until I finally sucked a dick, I didn't realize it was just Frenching a fucking dick. I don't know. I, I assume was... it's funnier from her. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. just... Yeah, from you, Tony, it's hey, just kind of it's just, just weird. Thanks just... for having me. Me, guys, good night. It's just weird coming from I DC. Mean, I listen to a lot of Burt Kreischer, so that's probably where I, why I brought up the whole intergender wrestling wouldn't be a birthday present because he he says some colorful fun things because he's the machine. <laughs> okay, so you wouldn't pay I Sharona to come over your house and wrestle you for your birthday. I wouldn't pay any woman to do anything to me because I don't have a problem with that. That's a true thing. We had that conversation a month or two ago where you, you go back to the well with exes, but you won't go to hookers. Good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah, because he's currently standing on the mountain of integrity, right? And it's Andrew, a mountain. You fucking elephant, you. You got a goddamn memory of a, a fucking elephant. Uh, he, I know. It, it happens to help me in most arguments. So, so anybody, yeah, yeah, yes, please, anyone, somebody, please say something. Oh, intergender wrestling, huh? Yeah, intergender wrestling, it should be banned because of the speaking out movement and because women felt, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate or not. I mean, if that's if that's really the case, that women are are, are doing these intergender matches because they feel obligated to, sure, that'd be a problem. 
But my guess is that's the minor- minority of women out there. I, I haven't heard. Have you guys heard anything like an over overreaching prevalence that women are saying, I'd really not rather wrestle a guy? I mean, I don't think you're going to get that opinion from Tessa Blanchard, who just made a big name for herself by being the impact fucking champion by beating dudes. Uh, I don't I don't think it hurt her career too much. Do you, Andrew? I, Do you, Tony? I step. OK, no, Tony, go. I'll chime in on a serious note. Is that was a that, serious you know, note. No, 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 no. For me personally. Serious for him. Oh, to, okay. Since I've been trying to ruin the show since I came on, apparently. Um, well, don't worry. No, no, you no. succeeded, sir. You betcha. Every single fucking Wednesday night. Um, mm-hmm. Being associated no. with uh, a smaller independent wrestling company that's successful in their area, and they have intergender matches. They have had Stacy Shadows has held the Heritage Championship in Bruce City Wrestling, and that's everybody wrestles. She's wrestled all the guys, right? And I know there's no problems there. I can see women being uncomfortable not knowing the people that they're going to wrestle and maybe being taken advantage of by some of the people. And we've talked about the characters of wrestlers, not just uh, in the bigger federations, but in the independent scene and how that has to change. We've talked about that before. But... I still don't see how it makes sense on a bigger level. It it didn't make it didn't help TNA really accept the fact that people like talked about them more, right? It didn't advance it advanced their storylines or anything. You'll never see WWE do it. You won't see AEW do it likely. So it, it just it makes sense at a sm- on a smaller level. And and that's kind of my opinion. I'm not against it at all, and I would like the women and the men to both feel comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of so you know Lance threw that, that tweet out and it kind of created a shit storm. You know, I'm I'm just trying to give context, Andrew. Don't roll your eyes at me, goddammit. <laughs> but I mean, it, it created a little bit of a tweet storm and a kind of a, a war of the roses type of scenario. And it, it even led to a a confrontation on Twitter between friend of the show Kylie Ray and PC's favorite Jim Cornette. Fuck Jim Cornette. Well, that that was also I think that was. A different thing altogether because Kylie also said something along the lines of she likes the fact that there's people that Cornette have shit on that said wouldn't be anything finding success in wrestling. And then Cornette took it that way. So I, I don't think that was tied in completely to the intergender thing. I think it was more Kylie just kind of being happy for her friends and Cornette just being bitchy about it. But. When yeah, I was really just saying something to set up PC so he can get his line in, like Ron Simmons, damn. But thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for breaking kayfabe there, balls. So go for it. Well, what was I supposed to say? You already you said did. it. You Don't said it. Good job. Oh. How drunk are you? You forgot what you just said. No, this is like my. That's my beer since I came home. Uh huh. But anyway, back back on topic to the Lance Storm thing and the thing we're actually supposed to be talking about that's marginally serious. Um, We can be if 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 we could be be serious serious for a minute. minute, Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. I I think Lance Storm's biggest misstep was the fact that he used the speaking out hashtag as a context clue or something to like kind of validate what he was saying. Because while he's Canadian, so we don't. I, I don't think he meant it negatively but he's also old school minded. So who knows? He's missing the point in a way because the whole speaking out movement was about the fact that the boys club, the dudes who will use their power to get things or to pressure people into these situations are the problem. The situation is not the problem. The people causing the situation are the problem. So 
when you use that hashtag and you try to be like, well, because of this, we shouldn't do this anymore. No, that's missing the boat. Because if you're using that hashtag, you should be addressing the fact that we need to weed out the shitheads that are forcing you to feel that way. And then you wrestle who you feel comfortable with or whatever you want to do, or if it draws in your area or whatever. In the in the grand scheme of the world, when it comes to intergender re- wrestling, I don't care for it unless it's believable. Like Tessa Blanchard against most men, believable because she's intense. She's a muscular woman. It makes sense. You know, the Nicole Basses, the Chinas, that kind of thing. Rhea Ripley, Mercedes Martinez, they're, they're bigger, they're muscular, they're intense. That makes sense. Do I want to see Casey Catanzaro versus Goldberg? No. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that I want to see, actually. That that's that's about as good an image as watching Muda slap me in the face with my own dick. Uh, Casey Catanzaro getting speared by Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, and then she flies into the plexiglass from the center of the fucking ring. Yeah, that's the only reason you make that match. And she jackhammers herself because Goldberg can't get her up. You know, so well, at least she's light enough to jackhammer, so he won't have an issue. That's true, but you know. She's like elastic man though, so he'll spill her spear her and her bottom half will go up underneath her lower half and come back up through her lower half and she'll just look like a human pretzel. Or then maybe in some way she also gets like a small package or like an Oklahoma roll on him and wins because she just got turned <laughs> so far inside out. She goes between his legs and rolls him up. It's a matrix escape There's roll a- up, man. I, I want to say something so small bad, package, but I'm not sure what it is. I got I got a joke. I want to say so bad, but I think it's going to come out and it's going to sound so. I know. Wrong. Don't I know say exactly don't. what I know exactly what you want oh, to no, do. I, I, I'm I, thinking I, about a good one too. Where you're going with it I too. don't think we're too. But I, I, yeah, I think it's something we've talked about before. No, I. Oh no, 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 no. This ain't got nothing to do with Rick. Yeah, but yeah, it's just. I, fuck it. I'm gonna say it. So okay, oh, so no, you know, I think it has to do with Bill. Well, if it doesn't, oh have no, it- no, it got nothing to do with Bill. No, no, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Talk about the, the victory roll, and and now when you bring it up like that, it doesn't sound so bad. I was just gonna say her her tears from getting the shit beat out of her by Goldberg. Goldberg eventually slips on her tears, and that's how she gets the schoolboy win. Why is that, that- bad? Yeah, it doesn't actually sound that bad when I said it out loud, dude. Isn't that sounds like legitimate funny? WWE booking <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, funny. You're right. Booking yeah. <laughs> right. by flat. Booking by plan. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I can see Vince right now. Look here, Bill. This is what's going to happen. You're going to beat her so bad. She's going to cry. You're going to slip. She's going to roll you up. It's going to be such great shit. It's yeah. believable as fuck. Get out of my yeah. face, you bald bastard. Go ahead, <laughs> but a fucking locker. So I, I think that's part of the yeah. disconnect. With, Let's talk about Bill, Ger- Bill Goldberg calling out Roman Reigns. How about that? Oh, yeah, I, well. Anyway, back back to the topic, because this isn't really something we should be oh, fucking fuck with much. But intergender wrestling in general for me, if it's believable, I don't care. That's why it's big in Mexico, because they're all roughly the same size. You know, there aren't a lot of super tall Mexican men. So the fact that a lot of Mexican men are like 5'8", five, 5'10", five, and the women aren't too much smaller, and they're all athletic, it makes complete sense. It looks believable. It looks competitive. You're fine. What about El I mean, honestly, Andrew... He's dead, and he couldn't wrestle! You literally stole my thunder. Like, everything that you just <laughs> said about intergender matches, I was going to say the exact same thing. Only my analogy was Alexa Bliss versus Braun Strowman. That was the only difference. 
No, people would pay to see Alexa Bliss versus Braun Strowman on Pornhub. So <laughs> I was about Braun. to say, in a different fucking forum entirely, they might pay to see that. Do you know that we have a slogan for the chair shot that also yeah, could but... be applicable for Pornhub? Like the chairshot.com, always use your head. And we just change it a little bit. Pornhub, always get some head. Yeah. Like it's really close. Mm-hmm. It, it's not too far away. There's at least two words that are the same. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> always in head you know there you go where's al snow when we need him oh there we go that's how we t- tie in more wrestling what does everybody want head that's- oh i thought you said wrestling, wrestling. no Both. yeah but they yeah the intergender stuff it, it's a slippery slope but yeah i i completely agree with my my running mate here belaz and what he said if it's believable and yeah let's rock with it like i'd love to see randy orton versus nia Jax. After that program they ran in the Royal Rumble last oh, year, yeah. I'm all here for that. Yeah, I, I guess let's also punctuate this whole thing with if you're going to use the fucking speaking out hashtag, maybe a know what it is and B don't be a guy. That's right. You can't just sit there and say anything involving a man and a woman hashtag speaking out. Wait a second. That's not how it fucking works, dude. You know what I'm saying, though. Oh, I do. Like, I know what you're saying. I mean, for me, intergender, you know, you can't use it as just a gimmick anymore. Like like you're saying, Andrew and Chris, it's got to be believable. There has to be some reason you're doing this other than to say, ooh, look, man versus woman. This is going to be salacious and fucking controversial. No one gives a shit anymore. It's 2020. We're just trying to survive from one day to the next. Jesus. You think I give a shit about a man and a woman wrestling each other if there's no storyline behind it? No. I don't care. Hey, man, that sounds like a good Saturday night to me. But the thing that the argument, this is, I'm, I'm just, just going to play devil's advocate real quick, man, because the argument is going to be that we've kind of moved and pro wrestling has evolved. And I, I use that term in quotation marks, but it's not so much about trying to make this a believable athletic competition. It's more along the lines of performance art. You know what I mean? That that That's going to be the argument from the other side. That's where I disagree because suspension of disbelief goes to a certain point and for me it's really hard to think that tessa blanchard held that title over these guys you're you're not helping me suspend my disbelief i didn't like it i can get it better on a a smaller level and that's my opinion on it i'm not against it but to the higher level you go to me the less it makes sense but i mean tna they did a good job of making tessa appear to be a credible contender and i mean i know there was that match where she beat, beat brian cage or whatever I, y'all know i don't know that guy's got it, name. it was a gauntlet match where she won with a code red that looked like it bounced his head off of the mat now granted if that was actually slightly botchy or if that was the point where we're supposed to rattle his head i'm pretty sure if a chick dropped you on your head you might be out for three seconds and like, I'm pretty you, sure no, if you're as big it? as Brian Cage and as small as uh, Tessa, you're not going to let Tessa Cage bounce is your bulky, head but off he's of 5'10". Brian but, Cage no, no. comes up to your chest. My he's just twice as wide. My <laughs> point was they did a good job of making Tessa a credible opponent versus those guys, and yes. they were building for that for some time. The only problem was they weren't able to stick the landing because of some other shit. Well, yeah. I think. Like, that would have got a lot more traction if that other shit hadn't came out, which, frankly, that's probably why that other shit came out. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Like, there were some people that had some gripes, and they decided that that was the opportune moment to, to put the gripes who up. She beat, who she beat for the title was Sammy Callahan. 
He's Who's not, not the biggest guy in the world. Not the biggest guy in the world. Not super big. Not a lot bigger than her. Eddie Edwards, who's the current champion, was part of that whole initial triple threat, initial title picture. Michael Elgin, who he might be thick as a fucking brick shithouse, but he's five six. So there's there's still enough, you know, argument there that okay, he's wide and he's powerful, but it's not like he towers over her. So nobody in that company was in the position of main event was big enough to really just like dominate her and make it look unbelievable. So she was actually positioned well. She had a good match against Ace Austin for you know when the, she defended the title, and everybody she went off uh, up against was. On the smaller side, yes, but it's not like there's a lot of huge dudes in that company anyway. Well, well let me, let at me the a- time. Yeah, let me ask you something about an intergender moment that kind of backfired, or at least to me seemed like it backfired. When Baron Corbin hit Becky Lynch with End of Days in that tag match, um, was she ever really, did the man gimmick fall backwards at that point in time? Because it's like, she was the man unstoppable, then Baron Corbin just End of Days her out of the whole fucking gimmick. And had to get Seth to like basically redeem her. To me, that always seemed like where the man gimmick kind of shifted a little bit. I I don't know what you guys thought at the time that that happened. I thought it was great heat for Corbin because it crossed that line where even though she was saying she was the man, she was still a woman. And the WWE perspective is that you don't touch her. And the fact that he did, it brought. Seth into the storyline but then the way Seth was always portrayed in that story was the man's man, Becky's boyfriend. He was never the white knight riding in on the horse to save the princess. Right. And it's not like she got dominated. She kind of got caught, if I remember correctly. And he just kind of hit her with the move and laid her out. And it was more for shock factor that, oh my god, this big heel dude just wiped out a woman. And I, I think that worked. I think it kind of helped to solidify the fact that most of us, even if we didn't like his work or like his character, figured, okay, at least he understands the business. At least he understands his role. Right. And I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it did wonders for him because it was a, a stunning moment. I, I didn't think it helped Becky at that point in time, but for, for Corbin, yeah, because it just came out of nowhere. You're like, holy shit, he just fucking rocked her. That sort of thing. But uh, anyway, I... I yield the floor to you guys. Yeah, and, and you know, the man gimmick, I, I feel as if it just kind of ran its course. I was never really big on it. I thought it was cool that she caught fire and the crowd got behind her, so I just rocked with it. But for me personally, it, it just always felt inauthentic. I don't think they ever really tapped into who Becky Lynch was. And, you know, she tried to rock wood and they tried to position her as the female Stone Cold, but I just kind of think it ran its course. And Frankly, this is probably the best thing for her, the fact that she's going off to start a family because she'll be back again and she'll wrestle again. But this is the best thing. So now when she comes back, she'll be fresh and new and we can tell some new stories. Tony, anything? You're just silently sitting there? Just fuck it. He's watching a game or something, probably. The Bucks might be on or something. I was about to say, oh, who yeah. the play, who's playing no, I'm just watching highlights from Denver Clippers. Giannis headbutted. Hey, speaking of wrestling and moves and stuff, Giannis headbutted some dude last night. Yeah, from the Wizards, no less. But I, yeah. you know, the Wizards, man, yeah. talk about a waste of a fucking team to be in this tournament, man. It's just like Jesus. They have Why won- did y'all show up? <laughs> they told what? they told them to be there. Like, Platt. God damn it! Now we're talking sports. They I told them to that. be there. Platt. Did they even win a game? No. Or have they won a game? No. 
But if we're gonna, just there, yeah, we were just there because they they technically could have got in. And then when Bradley Beal and uh, Bertrand said we're not showing up, and John Wall's like, "Fuck that, I'm not showing yeah. up." And that was the end of the Wizards. But speaking of sports, I wanted to throw something out to Andrew's a hockey fan. I know Tony is too. Lots of stuff I read today, and this will be, and I'll shut the fuck up. But the uh, five overtime game yesterday between uh, Columbus and Tampa Bay, five overtimes, fourth longest game ever. No one in the stands to watch it. Now there's some people saying we need to get rid of endless overtime in hockey. To which I say, fuck off. Oh, because go to hell, you! How long? How often? How, how often does that kind of a game happen? What once every decade? And now it's a fucking oh. problem. It's That's only cool. a problem. It's a problem because you're playing in a bubble under these weird circumstances, and you had to get rid of. You had to move Car- Carolina, Boston to the next day. If that so was happening, what? yeah. If that was happening anywhere else, no one would care. It's different when it's baseball. But, Hockey's not baseball. It's but you, fast you know why? You you know why there's going to be more people complaining aside from just the Carolina Boston fans who are mad they didn't get to watch your game. There's not as much hitting in hockey. If you still beat the shit out of each other, I'd pay for five overtimes. Good God, could yeah, you imagine uh, eight periods of just beating the, the shit out of each other? And those guys have barely could even stand after five overtimes. They just well, you, you, you get what I'm saying though. I do. Gone. That's all I like. What? The Ning got it done. I'm a Lightning fan. I was happy. It was great. I oh, watched it. My condolences. Oh, that's right. We do have a Tampa Bay connection just on the wrong sports. <laughs> Which I don't understand that at all. I told you, he's a just a big Ben Bishop guy. fan. That's all. No, uh, Mar- Marty St. Louis. Okay, that's, that's a good answer. Actually. That's, yeah. that's all I got. That's all I got. I think it's safe to say, and Andrew would concur, the Caps will not be there this year. But hey, it'll be oh, fun. Islanders handed yeah. in their lunch today. No, we handed it to them, and they handed it back to us in our net. But anyway, Tony, why don't yeah, you? Holtby just hands things over a lot. Isn't this great? He's That's... 2016 Holtby all over again. <laughs> Tony, why don't you uh, lead us on out of here, man? I, I'm just I'm going to kick it over to you. I I don't think we've got anything left, fellas. We finger Let's fucked each other's gills and slapped each other in the face with our own dicks. I mean, there's nothing left to do. Yeah, we've crescendoed. We have <laughs> what it did there. <laughs> Pot is war, the climax. Uh anyway. All right, so Dave, you're you're the guest in the house, man. So we're gonna let uh first and foremost, man, let the good folks know where they can find you, sir, and what you got going on. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at attitudeagg on Facebook.com slash attitude of aggression. Also check us out at Bandwagon Nerds, the Bandwagon Nerds podcast, the nerd review. We just, uh, I think our review of Kill Bill Volume 2 will be coming out uh, tomorrow, which tomorrow. is the eye for an eye You're match. Welcome. The eye for an eye match, how it should have ended, that sort of thing. That's going to be Kill Bill <laughs> Vol- Volume 2. So, uh, yeah, you can find me on all those places. And sometimes here on Pod is War, where I'm getting beaten and slapped in the face with my own dick by the great Muda, which I kind of <laughs> <which I kinda, laughs> feel good about. I kind of feel honored about that, to be honest with you. He's gonna go. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna retire for the evening with the old lady, and he's gonna be like, "Babe, can you do better than slapping me in the face with my own dick?" <laughs> Relationship uh, or, goals, man. Or there's gonna be a trip down to Fredericks of Hollywood tomorrow, or sometime over the weekend. <laughs> yes, uh, I'd like the Muda lingerie special, please. You don't. You don't have that. You know what that is? No, okay, never mind. <laughs> You're just going to keep some face paint and a big fluffy dildo. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Sweet talk him into throwing in the mist. Jesus. He, yeah. Well, Jesus Christ. Dave is about to uh, miss some poor 22-year-old girl trying to pair way through college in the face with the mist. <laughs> That sounds like a good night, though. That's he's what I tell my wife from now on. Babe. He's going to go there for a present with his wife, and he's going to bring them home. With yeah. him. I'm going to go to my wife and say, babe, I can't They're get there intrigued. unless you miss me in the face anymore. I, I just can't. I can't make it there. So. And then she's going to be like, is that a euphemism, or do you mean the, okay, I'll get the mist. <laughs> okay, I'll get the mist. <laughs> All jokes aside, though, if you guys aren't watching, and, and gals, rather, if you're not watching or listening to Bandwagon Nerds, you're missing out. It's one of the most fun podcasts of any genre anywhere. Y'all need to really go check that out. It's so much fun uh, you can never remember the name of the other show you're on because you always call them Bandwagon Nerds. I know. It's called Three Man Weave Bandwagon Nerds. Yes, I do. That's kind of my gimmick now. Not, you know, accidentally, but yeah, that's what happens. Bandwagon but, Weave. Uh, Bandwagon Weave. There you go. Bandwagon Me were three man nerds anywho get Mr. Tunny man get, while, while you're still coherent yeah get the mist please. Tunny get the mist coherent. go to hell this is the soberest I've ever been on this fucking show okay well that one time anyway uh, on that one time, so I don't know if that counts yeah yeah well you can find me at <laughs> PC Tunny on thechairshot.com go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot check out three man weave this is pot is war DWI podcast will be up this weekend. Mr. Belaz, my co-mate, or that's not called co-mate. Running mate. mate. Thank you. Thank you. You are you are his Kamala Harris. Go ahead, Andrew. Or, uh, yeah. Oh boy. All right. Now there, there's there's too much. No, no, no. I'm not gonna say anything. Uh, Two Kamalas me. in one week in the news, hey? We follow we talked about that. Twitter. Yeah, you, you that. See you Twitter. At IWC Warchief. Uh, I did a guest spot on the Greg DeMarco show, which went up earlier on Wednesday, which will be probably a day or two ago, depending on when this gets up. So listen to Greg DeMarco show. Pot is war, of course. Um, Stardom has been doing their five-star Grand Prix. As of last week, it started. It's going to go on for about a month and a half, like all good Japanese tournaments do. Myself and uh, my good buddy, Matthew Sarpacone, have been covering one block each. So there'll be plenty of Stardom coverage for the next month. And then, which I'll be plugging more as we get closer to it, but from September to October, there's the G1 Climax. There's the Champion Carnival for All Japan, and there's the N1 Victory Tournament for NOAA. So that's a month and a half of three different tournaments, and I'm going to be dizzy, and I will probably not know what WWE is because there's not enough hours in the day to watch that shit. Chris? So... So real quick, man, because I haven't watched the show yet, but just real quick, and you know, we're, none of us are going to interrupt, man, because we got to get up out of here. But what were your five most important belts in order right now? Oh, me right now? It's IWGP, of course, is number one. WWE would be number two. NXT would be three. I'd probably put the All Japan Triple Crown at four, and then... Because we were opening it to every belt, the WWE Intercontinental would have rounded out my top five. Personal top five. That's not the top five or the top ten of the show, though. Yeah, that's whack as fuck. You guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got, got more. 20, I got Ron. Smart I got our 
I got R-Truth, 48-time, uh, 24-7 champion, number one belt in the world. That makes it the most prestigious belt ever. Yes, okay. Hey, make name sure me you another, Name me another 48-time champ. Oh, silence. Platt. Fair enough. Make sure you guys check out Three Man Weave. I got it right this week. This, uh, this upcoming week. We're, we're actually going to give you guys and gals our NBA playoff preview coming up. So stay tuned to that. I think that's going to come up early Monday morning. So stay tuned for that. But more importantly, make sure you all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up a T-shirt. Please, please. And thank you. Thank you. And please. I said Week in and week out, and I'm going to continue to say it, goddammit. If you appreciate and enjoy and love the content we provide here at The Chair Shot, I mean, we literally have something for everybody here at The Chair Shot. There's a show or an article or a writer or a blog that you like on here, and you go to them every day. And you say to yourself, goddamn, I'm going to wake up and this happened. I need to see what fill-in-the-blank name or show has to say about that. And if you're that guy or that gal... Make sure we can keep her be that person for you or keep being that person for you. Easy for me to say, right? By going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and picking up a T-shirt. Come on, man. TheChairShot.com. It's not just a website. It's a movement. Big Dave, you got something to say before we get up out of here? Get missed oh, it. Get missed it. That's all I got to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I want to thank my man, my brother, Dave Ungar, for filling in for the commissioner, PC Tunney. Shout out to PC Tunney for making a run in. Andrew, you already know what it is, man. We about to be in the White House in a few months, man. So you already know. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Buy the t-shirt. Do not support the campaign. Thank you guys for tuning in to Potter's War. We'll be back next week. Same plat time, same plat channel. Until then, get missed it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big- 